listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Save the Marriage Podcast, the podcast designed to help you save your marriage, even if you aren't in trouble yet. We've been talking a good bit about how you manage through these issues with your relationship, and last week I talked about five ways to manage your emotions in the middle of a marriage crisis. And the reason we went through that is because when your emotions are on the raw edge, it's very hard to be working towards building something. You're always in defense mode. You're always kind of on the edge. And so I proposed that there were five different strategies you might use in order to help manage your emotions. In other words, lower the emotional load that's already on you and cope with the issues that, that come at you. And if you remember, I talked about how you might shift your perspective and also talked about the fact that you need a plan. And the reason for that is because if you don't have that plan, you don't know where to drop back to. We all need plans to drop back to. I mean, that's kind of uh, the rhythm of any preparation in life. What's your plan? Then I also talked about how you take care of yourself, some ways you need to do that in order to make sure you have room for the emotions that are going to come, not might come, but are going to come in the midst of a crisis. So if you're caring for yourself, you're lowering your your kind of the background noise so that you can pay attention to the front ground noise, the stuff that's coming right at you. And I also talked about support, the need for support. Then the last thing was about not reading the tea leaves, of not trying to figure out what something means. And so after I finished that, I was kind of collecting some extra resources for people who are listening to that and and always include some related resources, some extra pieces that people can plug in to enlarge what they just listened to. And as I was looking for my information on how to look for support, I realized I hadn't done a good job of creating anything about that. And so I realized that might be something that would be important for you to know about because I believe that a marriage crisis can feel very isolating, not just feel, but can be very isolating. And that's not the best way to cope with it. Whenever you're isolated, that ends up being a problem. So a couple of days ago, I had a phone call from this person who was just desperate, and she was telling me how she felt all alone out there. You know, it was kind of like she was she was the one who was, and, I, and I've used this term many times, the lone ranger trying to do this, right? She was on her own trying to right the wrongs, and she was exhausted. Not only was she exhausted, but she felt isolated and alone. And I told her she didn't have to do that. She didn't have to go through that, but she told me something that uh, is a common thing I hear that friends aren't supporting the decision to save the relationship, that family members are telling her to move on and and get through this, that attorneys were telling her that there was no alternative to this, that therapists were saying, you might as well give up and move on. And she asked if that was the case. And I told her something that I've seen many, many times, that a lot of times the voices out there know nothing about the potential. And so the question that I had for her was, was she actually choosing her support system or was her the support system by default? Was it just the people who were around her? Because when we allow it to be on default, we're also stuck with the opinions on default. We're stuck with the opinions of those around us that can be a little less than helpful in this process. 
So let's just assert that anytime we're in a crisis, whatever kind of crisis that feels very, uh, sometimes very isolating. If you've ever had an illness, you know that isolating feeling. It just like the world closes in on you. If you've ever had a kind of a big crisis in your family, it's the same thing. It just feels like the world is closing in on you and, and there's nothing out there. You're, you're all by yourself. And part of the reason for that is because pain is an isolating feeling for us. Humans don't do well in connecting when they're in pain because as soon as you're in pain, you're reflecting on yourself. It's just kind of our automatic response. Now, we can always overcome those automatic responses, but kind of on default, when we're in pain, when we're suffering, when we're, we're not feeling good, we turn inward, we turn towards ourselves and, and sometimes away from others. Not only that, but when you have grown accustomed to having someone by your side, whether it was in actuality or your, your mind, your theoretical mind, you had that spouse beside you, then you never had to at least theoretically, be alone. You had someone by your side. And so part of the loss of in a marriage crisis is the loss of feeling like there's somebody with you in this. Now, let me be very clear that many times I've talked with relationships where you know the person said, well, I don't even have my spouse to rely on. And in reality, they never made it to the place where they were really truly relying on each other anyway. But there was the idea of that. That was the plan of marriage, right? That you were supposed to have this person by your side no matter what's going on the rest of your life, good days, bad days, right? And so here you are in the bad days feeling very isolated. So let me be very clear that you don't have to do this alone and you want to be very clear about how you build your support area. And that's what I want to talk about today. It can be very lonely in the process, And that includes the well-meaning people who will want you out of pain. And understand this about friends and family members who may be saying, yeah, just walk away, that usually their motivation is you're in pain and they want you out of it. They want you out of whatever's causing the pain. So in their best well-meaning way, they think the best way through it is to get you out of it not to actually go through it. And so they often encourage you because they haven't ever seen any alternative. Lots of times people just assume that if a marriage is in crisis, it's over. In fact, that's probably the biggest belief we have to fight against in order to move forward. Because if everybody agrees that if a marriage is in trouble, it's over, then for all intents and purposes, it's over. You lose your capacity of changing anything once you accept that view. And so part of the task is to make sure that you don't get suckered into that view, that you're not pulled into that by the well-meaning people around you who are trying to give you advice, but are in actuality only wanting you out of pain. So just understand that many times when people are around you and they're saying, oh, you've got to get out, you've got to get out, what they're really indicating is they don't know what to do as they watch you struggle through the pain. Now, the second thing that I want you to realize is that professionals may also fall in the same category. You may be talking with a therapist, and the therapist is trained in an individual model and doesn't know how to approach working on a couple relationship, a a, a marital relationship, the we. They don't know how to understand that in a systemic term. And so their way of dealing with it is if one spouse wants out, to think that that's the only thing that can happen. It's, it's got to go apart. And so recognize that even professionals might be stuck in this model. It's certainly true if the professionals you're talking to are divorce attorneys who are very often trying to figure out how to move you through the process. They're there for that purpose. So for no fault of their own, 
That's their frame. Many times for therapists, for no fault of their own, lack of training and understanding and seeing anything different, they don't see another path. Many times the most well-meaning people who don't want you in pain don't know that there's an alternative. But here's the thing. You now know that there's another possibility. I could tell you story after story about people who have fought back and found their way and all of that because they decided to take it on and they didn't give up even when people around them were saying, give up, walk away. So how do you find that support group for yourself? I want to suggest that there are three different support groups that you might want to muster around you. You might want to gather these three around you and I want you to think about them as distinct groups. So as you're moving around and you're collecting your support team, decide which one they fall in. Now, now, let me tell you, you don't have to inform them of which one they fall in. They don't need to know that. But it's where you can keep clear about the boundaries of each relationship and how they function in your own life. So the first and the furthest out support group are what I would say are affinity groups. Affinity groups are groups that you're associated with because you have an affinity with the other people. Maybe you have an organization, a religious organization that you're tied to, a church, a synagogue, a mosque, or whatever, where you have a relationship there. That's an affinity group, and they can be a great support to you. Or maybe you like training for triathlons or, you know, whatever else, you know, it could be a lots of different things. And maybe you have a craft that gathers around or a book club or you know, some hiking club or, or some other group that you have something in common with. There, there's an activity in common with them. That's your affinity group. Now, that group is not really there to support you in terms of the crisis. They're there to support you in terms of life. Because when you're with that group, you're bringing in human contact. You're bringing in people who are you know, just there and alive and living with you, walking beside you. And we humans need that kind of contact. We live in a very isolating culture if you live in the United States. And unless you have these affinity groups, many of us feel very isolated. Now, the affinity group may be some people at work that have crossed over from just work to friends, friends can often fall from these affinity groups because we often do things with our friends together. And so understand that there are different segments that fit into this affinity group. But you think of this affinity group as the people you like to do things with that like to do the same things as you. That's, that's your affinity group. Some hobby, some activity, some organization that creates that. Now, that's a great a place to get support. But be very clear that that's not the place to get support directly about your marriage issues. That's support for you, contact for you. It's indirect support because when you go to those places, first of all, you're probably not thinking so much about your crisis. The second thing, they are a normalizing force because you're focused on something that's normalized. Now, I have always had these affinity groups in my life, whether it's a dive group or right now jujitsu or people I've run with or been on a team with or uh, I've got a guy's idea group uh, and church family and, and other places that they are affinity groups. And so when I go there, I'm me in that situation. You know, when I go to jujitsu, I'm not talking about what problem I might have in my life, what struggle I might have in my business. I'm there 
to enjoy being involved in jiu-jitsu. The same with other affinity groups. When I'm there, that's where I'm not talking about my problems. I'm just enjoying a diversion from my problems and a normalizing of life because life goes on. And so these affinity groups are great places to get that extra place where you feel like you're alive. Now, here's the caution. Sometimes in affinity groups, we find somebody that we're attracted to. And I'm not talking about just, oh, I'd like to be their friend, but a deeper attraction, an attraction that might make you start thinking differently about your marriage. That's often the beginning point for affairs, for infidelity. And so you have to be careful that the affinity group, that you're, it's up to you to keep it safe. It's up to you to, to have the boundaries in place of what you're going to talk about, not going to talk about how you're going to interact with those people. In fact, I would suggest that you always consider that that affinity group is the lane and you stay in that lane. If you're in a book club, the affinity group is about a book. You know, you're going maybe a month or a week or however frequently you go, and you're talking about a book. Stay in the lane of that book discussion because that's where the support comes from. You're not trying to bring them over to the next group we're going to talk about. They are there because they're sharing life based on this affinity. There are a couple of exceptions to this. For instance, sometimes uh, organizations will have support groups in them. And it's okay because that's not really an affinity group. That's a place to get support, clear support, which crosses us over to the next category, which is your support team. Now, a lot of times these support teams, you're building from scratch. Sometimes it's because you're in an organization. Uh, We have in our town several different groups that are for separated and divorcing people. And they're just there to support each other, not fix each other, not really to give advice about what to do in the relationship, but to support each other through the process. So it's not as lonely. And even here, you want to make sure that you're managing the space to keep it safe so that you're not crossing relationship boundaries that are going to be damaging to what you're working on. But the support team, in my opinion, you're looking for people who are willing to be non-biased and not try to push you in a specific direction. They're there to support you, not direct you. They're there to support you, not guide you. You're not there to get their opinions about how horrible your spouse is or what you should do next or how you should retaliate. You're there for them to say, keep it up. If you want to keep moving forward, we're behind you. However you want to go, we're behind you. And that's a crucial piece. You know, when you're looking for people to be on your support team, you can ask the question, hey, can you just support me through this? Can you just walk with me through this? Can you be a companion as I go through this? I don't need your advice. I don't need you to guide me. I don't need you to do anything else. I just need you to walk beside me. And when I'm upset, to hear me and support me in being upset without telling me how to solve it. Support teams aren't about solving. They're about supporting you in the crisis. So I want you to notice the affinity group. You're not really sharing much about your relationship. You're there because it's about life and living and you know, having joys in life and finding uh, satisfaction in life with these outside places that give you energy that allow you to step back into the crisis and keep working on it, which is where your support team comes in because they're going to pat you on the back and keep you moving forward. So the affinity group stays out of the marital issues. The support group is in the marital issues to pat you on the back and support you in whatever decisions you make along the way. 
They're not there to give you their opinion. They're just there to support you and the path that you're currently choosing. You might change paths. And so a true support team is willing to let you do that. You get to choose your path. They may say, are you sure that's what you want to do? But they are there only to walk with you through that process. Which leads us to our third group of support people, and that's your pro team. Your pro team are the people who have the knowledge and skills to help you out on your process. This could be a coach, a therapist, a minister, somebody like that who really has had some experience here. Some training would be preferable. You've got to choose them carefully because a lot of times the pro team will try to choose your path for you unless you're clear with them that you've chosen your path, you need their help in achieving the path. This is especially true uh, when you're dealing with professionals who have training around marital issues. A lot of times people give up their opinion to the opinion of the professional, and that's not great advice. You want to be very clear. Even if the odds seem stacked against you, even if the professional says, I just don't know how to help you, all that means is you need somebody else on your team, another pro on your team. One of the things that I look for with my coaches is that they are pre, I'm sorry, they are pro-marriage. They're pro-marriage. We start off with the assumption that if a marriage can be saved, we're going to save it. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to save any marriage that comes along. I've said many times that abusive relationships are not ones you work on. But for me, it's kind of like, you know, if you fall down and you shatter your arm and it's hanging at this really funky uh, angle and you walk into your doctor's office and the doctor looks at it and says, yeah, it's broken. Well, what would you like to do about that? You know, that's not the attitude I want for my doctor. My doctor is the one I want to say, hey, let's fix that. Let's get it healed. And so I believe that your first line of defense on your pro team are people who are ready to help you put things back together. Now, you may change your mind down the road, and at that point, they can talk to you about how to best move forward in a different direction. But my opinion is that you are well-served to work with coaches or therapists and ministers who are pro-marriage from the beginning. They are there to help your marriage prosper, if at all possible. So as you're picking the pro team, you're sorting through. It's not by happenstance. The worst way to find the therapist is just to go down the, uh, I don't know, do they even have yellow pages anymore? But, you know, to go down and see who might show up on your feed in Google or in the yellow pages or somewhere else and just say, that's the person I'm going to choose. You interview them. You find the right person, the one that matches what you want to do in your relationship. And if they don't want to do it, there are others out there. When you find a coach, that's the same thing. Do you help couples work to rebuild their relationship? Can you help an individual rebuild their relationship? Those are great questions. Who's your client? That's one of my favorite questions for a therapist. Who's your client? If the, cli- if the therapist is uh, dialed into what needs to happen in a marital relationship, they'll say, your relationship is my client. If they say, well, the two of you are, or you are, or whoever calls me is, they are not going to serve the relationship. They're going to serve the person that they see as their client. And so you're looking for people who are able to start with the stance of where you are at that moment. So that's your pro team. Notice that what I didn't suggest is that you have a lot of people around you who are agreeing with you just to agree with you. 
your support team can challenge you. Your affinity group is just there for you to enjoy life, but your support team may challenge you some, may, may push you. Are you sure that's what you want? Are you clear about that? But it's not people who are going to coalesce around the beliefs that are easy for us to take in, like, you know, it's your spouse's fault or uh, your spouse is a bad person or, you know, this isn't what you did. You have nothing to do with this. You have no responsibility in this. Those don't help you when you find people who are in agreement with that. You may feel it, but you want someone to challenge you on that. Your team should be there to support you and bring out the best in you. That's the process of support. Okay, so now you know, you've kind of got your marching orders. You've got three groups to build around you, your affinity group. Then you're also going to look for your support team. And then you're also going to look for your pro team. Now, one of the things that I've done is create uh, for the members of my VIP program, we have a secret Facebook group. And the reason I did it is because I know the need for support. I know that it's a great place for people to join together. Not only that, but we join together on a conference call that brings everybody and all their stories together into the process. And so we create a community there of people who are marching towards the same thing. And that's not a group that I talked about in what you're going to create, but you may find it helpful to be in there with other people, with some leadership that can walk you through how to do that. That's part of the VIP program. Now, if you already have the Save the Marriage system, You can learn about the VIP program by going to savethemarriage.com slash VIP. That's savethemarriage.com slash VIP. Or just contact me and tell me that you want to get in. If you haven't got the system, the easiest thing is as you go through grabbing the Save the Marriage system, you start out at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. And you'll get to a place where I actually offer you a free week of VIP program. That includes a free week of being in the Facebook group if you want to, just to see if it matches up for you. Take advantage of that. Join. Make sure you have that because we're here to give you all the help and all the resources you need and also the support that you might not have otherwise. So if that's of interest, if you already have the system, you can join at savethemarriage.com VIP. Or as you're going through grabbing the system at savethemarriage.com, just make sure that you raise your hand when I ask you if I can help you for a free week of the VIP program. Otherwise, I wish you the best as you continue building your support as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.